You are listening to How Does She Do It, Episode 8. Welcome to the ride. Thank you for joining me for another episode of How Does She Do It, a podcast dedicated to sharing practical insight and honest perspective on being grown. Before I get into this week's show, I just want to give you a few announcements. The show notes for this week's episode will be available at How Does She Do It Podcast dot com slash eight. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at how does underscore she do it. And I finally created an email list and Facebook page. So the goal of both the email list and Facebook page is to create an opportunity for me to engage with you more and for you to find out uh, information that I might not share on the podcast directly, but it gives you an opportunity to find out um, about exclusive content, giveaways that I'm doing, and any other kind of announcements or new things that are going to be happening with the show. So on the email list, you can go to the website or the Facebook group to sign up for the email list. And you can find the Facebook page um, if you go to facebook.com slash how does she do it podcast, like the page, share the page, and um, I look forward to interacting with you. And as always, if you have any questions that you'd like me to read or answer on the show um, during the Ask Tiff segment, or if you have feedback that you'd like to give or questions or comments or concerns, email Tiffany at howdoesshedoitpodcast.com. Last but not least, thank you, thank you, thank you for your ratings and reviews in the iTunes uh, podcast store, I guess you call it. So keep those ratings and reviews coming. I really appreciate them. And I'll read, I'll continue to read um, a review on each show that I have. This week's Just My Thoughts, I have... um, two different things. So actually, it's like there are three. The first is very lighthearted and silly because it's about brunch. And why is it about brunch? Because I realized this weekend that I love brunch. Um, I went to brunch with some of my friends and I realized I was getting text messages about planning brunch at least three different weekends between now and um, like the middle of December. So is this something that only that people like in their late 20s early 30s started doing because I don't remember really doing a whole lot of brunch early in my early 20s but anyway it's food I love food my friends love food and brunch is a good time so so that's a silly kind of aside but um more on a more serious point the just my thoughts are related to two different uh, pieces of news that I learned about uh, between last week and today. And the first is the trial of an officer, Officer Daniel Holtzclaw in Oklahoma. And this man is a piece of work. If you haven't heard this story, it's largely because mainstream media seemed to have kept it pretty quiet for a long time until his trial started. But the officer is accused of very disgusting crimes against women. And I believe all, if not the vast majority are African-American. And essentially he used his power to, um, to commit crimes, uh, physical crimes, sexual assault crimes against these women. So I only raise this to say that it is important that we pay attention to the news that is impacting our community all over the country 
Um, and just this is just another example of how power can be used to impact a community and to keep a community quiet in certain ways and to abuse um, African-Americans in America and women in America. And I'm just I, I'm I'm tired of these things being in the news, but they impact me. They affect me. And so I share them with you because they are something that impacts my um my my frame of mind and just my awareness of what's going on in America. The second piece comes out of Missouri and um, Mizzou. If any of you play, I, I, I don't, um, not if any of you play, if you watch football or basketball, you know, college football, or college basketball, you will know what Mizzou represents. They are a relatively um, good, they have a relatively good athletic program, but what they are in the news for has it was started by a series of protests and even a hunger strike by one particular uh, a graduate student at Missouri um, last week, and it was in response to several mo- racially motivated incidents on campus, including a swastika that was posted on in a, in a very uh, public space on campus, um, people being called you know, out of their name as they walk across campus. I believe the um, the president of the the students association there was the victim of attacks as well. And the student who went on the hunger strike called for the university president to resign. And eventually the football team got involved and several members of the team said that they would not engage in football related activity until the president of the university resigned. Uh, Fast forward several days, the president of the university did actually resign. And so there's a question in in the conversation now as to whether the president resigned because of the football program and the money that was in on the line. I believe it was uh, the university would have received a $1 million fine had they not played in the game that the football players were threatening not to play in um, on Sunday against, um, I want to say it was BYU or Baylor. It was a, a team that started with a B. I know that much. But again, it is racism is real. Racism is real, um, both overt and institutionalized racism. And it is time for people to wake up. It's time for black people to wake up. It's time for white people to wake up. It's time for Asians, Latinos, Native Americans, because this is these are problems that affect all of us. And racism is about systems of oppression that have been used and and, you know, material and just just used for decades and evolved for decades to keep people in a certain place. And we are in strange times. We are in times that I, I've i never seen things like this before where I feel like it's every day there's something else going on related to race in America. And people have to wake up and start to listen to the people who are crying out. So I encourage you in your daily lives to have conversations, have tough conversations about race with people who might not otherwise um, entertain those conversations, of course, being professional and being appropriate. But part of the reason why we're in the situation that we're in now is because we like to be polite about race. And I'm tired of trying to make people comfortable. And I think it's important that we have uncomfortable conversations to help make progress happen. So those are just my thoughts for this week. So as I often do, probably way more than I should, I was on Facebook again and 
You know, I must, before I get even get into the topic, I have to say, I grossly underestimated the value of Facebook. I, I got to say, because I have found some really, really good articles. I have also noticed people reposting or sharing articles that were written in 2013. And if you are one of the people who do that, who you read an article and don't look to see if it's actually recent news, unless it's like a, an evergreen type of Inf- like information about starting a business or professional development or something like that, don't post a news story from 2013. Just don't do it. Because I saw at least three on my timeline um, on Monday, and I was not happy about it because I was like, oh, snap, what is this? And granted, I never heard the story before, but it's not news anymore. So anyway, on my timeline, came across this article um, on this site called Thought Catalog. And I had actually, I think I had seen the name before, but I'd never really been on the site before. And the author of this article, um, her name is Natalie Brown. And the article basically goes through 10 things that she thinks women over 30 are too old for. So she lists 10 things. I'm not going to read all 10 of them. Some of them I don't necessarily agree with, but I think that they're funny and they're worth um, reading and thinking about. I'll put a link to the post in the show notes. So one of the things that she says women over 30 are too old for is neglecting your body. And this I agree with, I think. And even if you're not over 30, um, you should still not neglect your body because we only get one. So she talks about um, being comfortable with the body that you have, but also taking time to take care of it. So exercising. Um, I did an episode, I think it was episode five, where I talked about dieting and how dieting is not necessarily the best thing. And there's not one right kind of diet for everyone. But your body is your temple. And it's important that you do your best to take care of it. It doesn't mean that you should be comparing or trying to aim to have a body that looks like someone else's body. But what is the best shape for you? What is the most what could you be doing to make yourself better and healthier? And whatever those things are, if that means like me, not buying Oreos and bringing them into the house and leaving the chips on the shelf at the grocery store or only buying a $1 and, you know, 25 cent bag and eating it before you get home. Those kinds of things that you need to do to take care of your body, then you do those things. If it means going to the gym, if it means walking, if it means running, um, if it means getting sleep, if it means taking care, getting a manicure, get those, whatever it is, don't neglect your body because as you get older, things get a little bit more difficult and And, um, you know, you don't want your body to deteriorate in a way that you could have prevented in some ways or you could have made yourself healthy. Um, Another thing that she says is is that you're too old for comparing yourself. And I've been talking about getting articles on Facebook a lot, but it's also very easy. And I've talked about this on other episodes, but it's also very easy to use social media and just the Internet generally and even what we see on television as a means to almost tear yourself down by comparing yourself to what you have as and versus what other people have. And that's not healthy. And that's not what we should be doing. It's it's important for us to try to build ourselves up and to to operate in the lane that we are in, and not use what we see other people projecting, or putting on Facebook, or putting on Instagram or putting on Twitter as the measure by which we we as the judge as the measure measuring stick for our own lives. So Focus on what you have and don't just look at other people and just leave it at that and don't necessarily use that as something to uh, compare your own life to. So I came up with five things that I think that women over 
not necessarily even over 30, but that I think after you graduate, you know, college and you're a few years out that you're just too old for. The first is you are too old to lack self-awareness or to not work on getting some self-awareness. So self-awareness is is the idea. It's it's about paying attention. And the way that I think about it, I remember a time in my life where I was like, I'm going to say what I want and I'm going to do what I want. And I don't care what nobody have to say about it, blah, blah, blah. And that's not cute, right? It's not nice. It's not necessary. It's not mature. Um, and what I mean by self-awareness is being being aware of what you do and how you feel and how those things impact the world around you. So I'm not saying that you shouldn't express yourself. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be able to say or feel how you feel, but it's important to know how what you're saying, what you're doing, what you're expressing impacts other people, impacts the relationships that you have. Um, Because I think what I've noticed in my own life is that being self-aware can sometimes, it shifts my judgment and then it also then shifts my behavior. So for example, um, Boo sometimes likes to share his ideas with me about a bunch of different things, um, be it the house that we're going to build in the future or just a lot of different things. And sometimes I hear the idea and I'm ready to break it down right away. So break it down in the sense that I want to understand why it will work or why it won't work. So I'm, I'm jumping straight into analytical mode. And that it might be because I'm a lawyer, it might be because I'm, I'm opinionated, I'm not exactly sure a combination of the two. Either way, me responding in a way that's tr- almost tearing down the idea is, is not the best is not the best response It's not the nicest response. And it's my I'm aware of that fact now. And so what my awareness does, um, what my lack of awareness in the past could have done and had done is, um, you know, make him possibly feel less likely to share things with me. Um, it, you know, also could have created an impression that I was trying to act like I know everything, which is not the case because number one, I don't know everything. And number two, that's not necessary. That's not what I'm trying to say. But my actions dictated that if I wasn't aware of those things or those potential um those potential results from my behavior, then I risk alienating him. I risk putting distance in into our relationship and him maybe not even sharing his ideas, ideas with me anymore. So by being aware of how that tendency to jump right into and respond right away, now what I, I do is I just sit back. I try to contribute to the idea. I try to support it. Or I just don't say anything and just let him ha- express it and then we just move on. And what I find is that, in, and that's just one fa- small example, but what I have found is that I spend a lot of time in my own head trying to understand the way that my behavior is impacting other people, the way that I, even when I'm at work is, you know, did I say something that was, did I did I do too much or did I do just enough? And sometimes it, I can, I I think that I do, I sometimes spend too much time in my own head, but I think the result of it is me being, me being able to say, I know where I stand. I know that 
you know, maybe this is how I feel. It's not the positive. It's not the most. It's not the most positive emotion right now. But at least I'm aware of that emotion, and then I can then dictate my actions from there. But when you're not aware of your emotions, when you're not paying attention to the way that your behavior impacts other people, then you run the risk of just causing reactions and and not knowing how or why things are shifting or changing or your relationships are the way that they are. But by putting space between the thoughts and feelings that you have and then your actual reaction to them and your response to them, you are creating an awareness that allows you to maintain more control over your responses to situations and over how you handle yourself. Another thing that I think we are too old for at this point is to put others' emotions and needs above our own all the time. And this is not to say that it's not important or that you shouldn't have other people as priorities in your life because we all have, we have families, we have friends, we have significant others, and sometimes their needs are important and they take, um, in the moment, we, we deserve to pay, we deserve to pay attention to those. What I'm saying is that it is important for you to not make yourself, to make yourself a priority. And I know that I have spent my time in more than one relationship thinking more about what the other person needed from me or what I wanted to give to the other person than I was thinking about what this other person was or was not doing for me. And when you spend your energy, and it's and it's a subtle difference, but when you spend your energy focusing on only what you can be doing for other people, who is then thinking about what they can be doing for you? Are other people prioritizing your needs in the same way that you're prioritizing theirs? And it's it's just very easy, I think, particularly as women, to think about being the nurturer or thinking about making sure that everything's okay and making sure that, you know, you're giving to other people. But you have to make sure that you are giving to yourself so that then you have enough to give to other people so that you are being fed so that you are taking care of yourself uh, because when you when you put yourself second you risk you risk running yourself into the ground you risk other people taking advantage of you you risk your own mental and physical health because you are you're secondary to everybody else and so the the way that I try to to do that is um is by making time in my day for things that matter to me. So for example, working out is something that I prioritize. My devotional time in the morning is something that I prioritize. I try to cook multiple different times a week. Um, some, you know, I didn't cook tonight, but that's okay. Um, but I try to cook um, several times a week because those things are important to me. Those things are my time. Those are things that I like to do for myself. And if whatever that thing is for you, if it's getting your nails done, if it's getting your hair done, if it's um, washing your car, if it's, you know, reading a book, if it's taking 30 minutes to meditate or whatever that thing might be for you, it's important that you put yourself first and you make sure that you are taking care of your needs and that you're fulfilling your goals. And I'm not saying that it's 100% and it's easy to do at all times um, because priorities shift and things change and sometimes um, life happens. But you, even in those moments of chaos, even in those moments of shifting priorities, you have to make sure that you take time for yourself and that you prioritize yourself. The third thing I think that we are, you are too old to do, no matter really how old you are, is to 
you're too old to be used at work and to not use work to get you to where you want to be. So I'm going to say that again. You're too old to be used at work and not to use work to get you to where you want to be. Now, this requires um, a, some deliberate action and paying attention to the skills that you are gaining at work and being aware of the things that you want to gain from where you are and trying to figure out how to leverage what you're doing right now to get you to a position that you want to be. And this is not, I'm not saying this to imply that it is easy or to imply that it is a one, two, three kind of thing or that it can happen in six months into a year or even longer than that. What I'm saying is that you have the power to dictate what you want for yourself. And so wherever you are, whatever space that you are in, look for opportunities to say, this is a skill set that I would like to gain. This environment is not necessarily the environment that I'm going to stay working in for forever. But how can I use where I am right now to gain skills for where I want to be? If you want to develop public speaking skills, if you want to learn how to manage projects, if you want to learn how to work in Excel, if you want to learn how to understand whatever it is that you that you might be wanting to learn, figure out a way to let the job that you currently have Feed those skills. And if that and that requires some creative thinking, it might require asking for things that you've never asked for before. It might require creative solutions to problems or situations in your workplace. But it no one else will no one else will take charge of your career. No one else will spend time prioritizing the things that you want for your career. And so in order for you to get what you want, in order for to for you to get what you what you or where you want to be. You have to be the one to get in the driver's seat and to, and to make the most out of whatever situation that you're in right now. And like I said, I'm in a situation right now where I'm trying to to figure out how I can branch out. How can I, in addition to the roles and responsibilities that I'm doing now, and that's another thing, is that this particular point may require you to do a little bit more than your job description calls for. But if that means that you're going to be gaining a skill set that will make you more marketable for a future opportunity, by me, by all means, it's absolutely worth it. So make sure you can use your job. Find a way to do it. Have, you know, conversations, again, professional conversations, not being inappropriate, trying to understand the politics that happen and the way that, um, you know, supervisors or managers or departments, whatever the power structure is within your organization, making sure that you're honoring that and that you're not putting yourself at risk. But take the take the chance, take a chance and take a chance on yourself and take a chance on your own career, your own career and your own future. So don't let the man use you without using the man. Another thing that I think that we are too old for is playing the victim. And this is something that I go back and forth about because life is hard, right? Life is hard a lot of the times. But our mind often defaults to the idea that we are controlled by the things that happen to us when in reality it's that we actually have the control over how we respond to what happens to us. So when I say don't play the victim, I'm not trying to say get over it. I'm not trying to say that 
some experiences don't require a lot of time, energy, even therapy to rebound from. But what I'm saying is that you have the power to take the first step of acknowledging and owning what that experience is. And then to take that experience and extract the value from it. I am not one who believes that anything happens by accident. I believe that all things happen for a reason. And I do believe that all things can work together for good. When you are willing to see the alternatives in a situation. So taking the lessons from a a bad situation, to take the value from a failed relationship, to find, to remember the good in a friendship that went awry, to think about the things that you learned from a job that you may have gotten laid off from, or what those things, how those things lined up the next thing that came for you. But when, you know, you're busy saying, oh, woe is me, life is so hard, and don't nobody got it hard like me, and all that kind of stuff, you don't, you, you're the only one who's suffering. You're the only one who is, you're robbing yourself of the learning experience, because every, every experience, bad or good, has lessons and value to be gained from it, I believe. So don't play the victim. Acknowledge that life, I know life is not always going to be easy because life for me ain't been no crystal stare. But you have the power to control how you respond to your circumstances. Circumstances don't control you right you can't you can't predict what's going to happen you can't control circumstances but you can also refuse to be controlled by the circumstances and refuse to have your emotions defined or dictated by what's going on around you so take ownership of the experiences that you have the challenges the positive and the negative and don't play a victim and be proactive in looking for the lessons in all things that happen The last thing that I will um, leave you with is that we are too old to make decisions based on what other people want for us. And that is, as I say that, it sounds like a very loaded statement. But I had a question. I was actually at um, a, I led a, I did a keynote this past weekend And one of the questions that the young lady asked me was about the idea that her, you know, her parents sent her to college and her parents, you know, sacrificed so much to get her to where she was, but they were trying to dictate all of like the things that she was doing and what direction she wants to take her life in. And, um, you know, and she said that it was causing her a lot of stress and I can, you know, It is hard when you have people who have poured into you to get you to where you are, um, you know, to make to feel as though you're not doing what those what those people necessarily want you to do. But it's important for you to be able to make decisions about your life that you are happy with. Because regardless of who got you to where you are, and I'm, and this is not, to, I'm not telling you to be disrespectful. I'm not telling you to blow off people who have helped you get to get you to where you are. But you can't live your life exclusively for the wants and desires of other people. I can't live my life for the wants and desires of other people. That's not what, you know, that's not what happiness is defined by unless the things that other people want for you also align with the things that you want for yourself. And, you know, maybe... 
it is the the career goal that your parents had for you, or maybe it's the uh, relationship that someone wanted you to have, or maybe it's the um, you know the the child that someone wanted you to bring into this world before you were ready to have a child. Like any whatever those things are, you have to live with the decisions. You it's it's for and I and I talked about this before, but I went to I I pursued a path as a litigator not necessarily because people forced that path on me but it was it wasn't a decision that I made for myself because I didn't know what I was really talking about I didn't really know why I wanted to do what I was doing and so if there if there are things that people are um people want for you that don't align with what you want for yourself you have to take a different direction because you will end up being the one who feels the weight of not being happy. You will be the one who feels the weight of doing what other people want for you and then not making time for yourself and not having realized the things that you want for yourself because you were busy making other people happy. And it is important. It is noble to make other people happy. But if doing so comes at the sacrifice of your own health and your own happiness, is that really worth it? Is that really worth the pursuit of someone else's dream when you are lost in the process? I don't think it's worth it. And um, and when, you know, a world dictates that doing this this one thing is what defines success and that thing doesn't align with your definition of success. Start to write your own path, start to define success for yourself, because time, life is short and we can't spend our time trying to live for other people. We can spend our time trying to provide service and give to other people and support other people, but living for the wants and desires of other people and fulfilling the dreams that other people have that don't align with our own, ain't nobody got time for that. So my hope, my prayer is that you can find within yourself whatever it is that you want to pursue for yourself and find the people in your life who can support you in that and not request or not ask that you fulfill their dreams at the cost of your own. So that is the last, I guess, thing that I think that we are too old for. And I share these things because I am learning these things myself. And these are things that I think about that I have to I have to remind myself of these things, um, you know, as I have different experiences, as I think about my own career, as I think about my emotional health and, you know, trying to feel whether I feel sorry for myself or not about certain things. And, um, you know, again, life is hard and life throws a lot of different things at you. But my goal with sharing these particular points and with every episode that I share is to is to just share things that I'm learning as I'm living life and things that I've learned before, um, you know, and I hope that you are taking value and that you're enjoying the show so far because I really enjoy, um, you know, it takes, sometimes I get nervous about some of the things that I'm going to say and, you know, what people might think about them, but I do appreciate your feedback and your support in continuing to listen. So I hope that you will 
leave another rating and review in the iTunes store and on Stitcher or on SoundCloud. But this week's review comes from Turtle Jazz and it says, things I wished I'd learn a lot sooner. You have so much to share. Thank you and keep it up. Might I request an episode on budgeting and living within a budget, something I think people should learn sooner than later and with which I know you have plenty of experience. Turtle Jazz, we will have episodes on budgeting um, coming definitely in the new year. I am working on some things to make sure that I give sound advice or I have someone else do that for you because just like everything else I said um, earlier, I am learning a lot of this stuff right now. Um, But I'm trying to get wealthy, so I'm trying to get my budget right. So with that, thank you again for listening to this week's episode. Please, please feel free to leave me a five-star rating and review in the iTunes store. Let's keep the show in the new and noteworthy section. Um, Remember that you can uh, visit the Facebook page at facebook.com slash how does she do it podcast. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at how does underscore she do it. And I hope that you have a great week. Be blessed today and be a blessing. Peace.